Okay, you guys ready? Are we sounding okay? <laughs> yeah. So we're episode 29. Wow. Today yeah, is crazy. the 25th, and this will come out in two weeks. Yeah. Roughly. For exactly. Okay. It's been a month, Chris. Wow, it's been a month. You're totally me. Since we did Calvin. I know. All right, big city, yeah. Kansas City, how you feeling? Welcome to Center Cuts. Today is episode 29. We are here with Sean Crowley, founder of Manor Records. How are you doing, Sean? Good. How are you doing? Fantastic. Thanks for getting up on a Monday morning. It's October 25th, and we are in the home of our producer, Chris Mowry. What's cooking, Chris? Hello. We uh, decided to do a little early morning special. Well, it's 11 o'clock, so not exactly <laughs> early morning special. Early for us, uh, you know, night owls. That yes. is true. Yes. And uh, Sean, super pleased to have you here today i know we had talked a little while ago about trying to schedule you in a couple of months and then it was like hey dude how about we just do it next week you're like okay that worked <laughs> deal it works yes i'm just going with the flow anyway right now so yes no we appreciate it sean's got a lot to talk about uh with manor records they've got a lot of exciting new developments we like to start our episodes talking a little bit about a calendar and obviously this will be dated and yes. Anything on your radar next couple weeks, month? Um, something that might be dated at this point, but is worth saying is uh, we're doing a a strawberry hill strawberry hill bar crawl this weekend down at the Mockingbird uh, Lounge in KCK to kind of help benefit uh, our upcoming record store. Um, all tickets of of that event are going to go towards fundraising, but it's like nine bars that you can go and and get like a koozie and all that if you get your ticket. Um, a fun different way for us to fundraise instead of just doing shows and that is Saturday October 30th um, other than that it's kind of slowing down event wise it feels mm-hmm. like in general um, we keep up every week with our Mockingbird Songbird sessions Wednesday nights at 8pm um, so there's always going to be something to promote on that end um, but yeah that's all that, that comes to mind I guess timeline wise hopefully uh at the end of this year, getting our record store open would be great. <laughs> so, but I'm not going to put a date out there necessarily, right? Uh, as it's very fluid. Two things on that. So, are the Songbird sessions continuing? I want to say that you had. I want to say yes. Uh, Outside. Um, yeah. Well, that's where if it's a, it'll be always at the artist's discretion is how we'll do it. Um, okay. Probably once it starts getting below 40 degrees out there, we'll, we'll start figuring out our indoor setup for a more permanent situation. We've done it temporarily for rain events and whatnot, but um, that's that seems to be kind of we're just letting the artists decide what they want to do. Some people aren't comfortable still playing inside, and that's fine, so they, they we reschedule, you know. That's, right. Uh, and it, it's such a casual event, too, that it is kind of, uh, it's okay if you know, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> right. That kind of stuff. So we um, were there just two weeks ago with the black creatures. Yes. And that was my first time. And I've seen a lot of footage from others. It's a lovely space. Like you've got a nice, good built in audience, crowd, yes. family over there. And, yeah. And you know, indoors people were masked up. I think that, you know, that it's just a, not a huge space inside. Yeah. But, and it is weird with uh, the masks over in Kansas City, Kansas aren't as mandated as they are on the Missouri side. Right. So that is a like bar, uh, uh, in like uh 
they just have signs to put on a mask. Like sure. it's not like a, a actual mandate that they can enforce, but mm. it's, people do really good over there. Yeah. And it, it makes me feel good about continuing to do it for too. sure. So yeah, it's exciting too about this weekend. I'd mentioned to you and I don't know that area very well, but I scouted at least six or seven drinking establishments. <laughs> it appeared to be yes. within about a, Mm. seemed like a 500 yard radius like yeah. every other corner no they brag on the hill there's actually nine and when we open there will be 10 drinking establishments within a two mile radius great each other on that and it apparently per square foot that's one of the highest in the entire united states yeah really say, <laughs> pretty high now what does that say what are you trying to say it's uh, perfect for a bar bar crawl that's what i, I know that's once awesome. you get on the hill it's easy to get stuck on the hill that's awesome. what people say so. okay uh, But so that is, it is nice. We'll have neighbors literally when we open our establishment across the street is another bar called the easy Inn. that is, uh, we frequent it's fun. You know, everything's got a little different vibe though on the Hill. It's weird. Everything kind of has its little niche uh, crowd to it. So it's weird, but I think that's the ideal location for you though. You've got a lot of places to collaborate with and partner with and you know, some good community feeling over there. Yes. Well, all right, Mr. Mowry, anything on your calendar? Life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I got engaged. That's a thing that happened. Wow. Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so that's a thing that happened. Also, I, as of the end of this week, I will be leaving Record Bar after five Ooh. plus years. I was going to ask, but it, wow. So, yeah. Wow. Uh, and I am going to begin work with journey pro wrestling um i am as be- a wrestler for the yeah as a wrestler <laughs> taking I, bumps. I, I joked that you two were going to throw down before i got here yeah so i actually like they originally were just going to bring me in to help beef up production and and make that stuff work but as of the other day i was asked to become a partner whoa so whoa yeah Okay. He saves the news for the podcast. Yeah, well, look at tell that. Us any bomb <laughs> drop. Bomb drop, baby. Um, and then I'll also be doing uh, some part-time work at the ship as well. Nice. Um, but as far as stuff that I got coming up, uh, uh, Journey Pro has a show on the 29th, which this will be past when that already happens. That's a blip. Um, Man, they've done one there before, Chris? Yeah. That looked awesome. That looks so cool. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So if you're... Well... And there are plans to do more in the future, obviously? Yeah, so we're also, uh, it looks like we have a possible permanent home where we'll also be able to open up a wrestling school during the day and uh, keep the ring there and then do our shows there uh, whenever we want. Um, Yeah, so everything's looking really, really good on that end. I'm very excited about the the possibilities of of that venture. Um, And then this will be also after, but I figured I should throw it out. Party Invite is uh, doing our extra live stream on, I just looked at it and then totally forgot, the 5th through the 7th. Um, extra Life is a charity uh, that goes uh, towards um, uh, children hospitals, or children's hospitals. I can't remember exactly um, which ones, um, but it's like an all-day streaming thing. Uh, people, All sorts of people do it um, on Twitch, um, and basically it's to raise money uh with kids so we're doing that uh friday saturday and sunday we have stuff going on um all weekend uh saturday is the big day and we have you know other people in the party invite community are streaming and also sending the donations to uh 
our little group fund. I have purchased a whole bunch of weird gross sodas from Casey Soda Company right behind you there, Patrick, mm. uh, that I'm going to tear and then uh, uh, <laughs> taste and drink uh, for, for money. For the children, you know, Patrick. For the kids. Got to do it for the kids. I'm sure they're going to be excited about that. What tea... And what is that? WT Heck Bacon Soda over there? That's ba- yeah, it's bacon soda. Uh, there's there's a lot of weird ones in there. Um, there's like a mustard, a ketchup, a spaghetti, dirt. Um, I also got the wrap snacks ramen over there to taste nice. those. Uh, I'm scared about those. Now you're um, tasting these live for the kids. Yeah, for the children. Subjecting yourself. Yeah, and there's also if you look at something I found that's really cool. Chair. That purple thing right there uh, is a Jelly Belly thing. Okay. But what it is is it it's like a it's like a game where you like open it up and push down and it will spit one out and each color has two different options. If you look on the back there, Patrick, if you can grab that and look it's on the bean back. Boozled jelly yeah, beans. Bean boozled jelly bean boozled jelly bellies. Uh, so if you look on the back, Patrick, it'll show you the colors and that there's two different flavors. So you could either be eating barf or um, peach. You won't know, and that's like part uh. of the game. So like we'll probably just be like, hey, donate a dollar and the whole team will do a jelly belly uh, uh mystery jelly belly thing really asking for it yeah i mean really? it's we're subjecting ourselves to uh tummy, ache. T- tummy yeah. aches for <laughs> for the kids uh so Gross. uh it's really fun though like they also have them where they come with like a, a spinner like oh. you know so like you spin and it'll tell you which one you have to eat and like that kind of stuff it's just fun fun game <laughs> stuff um but we're we'll be doing a lot more stuff with party invite um coming soon how do, um, do people just join do they have to register for that chris um no so what what people can do is uh there's like a donation link basically that we put in the twitch chat uh okay can just click on it and okay. donate there um and uh even some people will just donate to the twitch and then we thusly put it there what we did last year is we did this among us stream with uh crane brewing which is where we got those Sweet uh, party invite cream brewing cans, nice. and they basically just relabeled them to be um, uh, Among Us themed. And uh, we raised almost a thousand dollars last year. That's uh, awesome. We're aiming higher this year because we're doing a full weekend. But uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, we have a lot of good guests, um, you know, local people that are uh, big in the gaming scene. Uh, Ray Apollo, Reb Valentine, who works for IGN. Um, Cam Konek of some good games or some good shows. <laughs> Sorry, Cam. Um, but yeah, so we got uh, we got some good good people uh, coming in and, and playing games with us, and hopefully, we're tr- our goal is to hit five thousand dollars. So hopefully, we can do that this year. That's the goal, and we came really close to a thousand last year, which I did not think was going to happen. <laughs> so um, yeah, excited about that stuff. Um, a lot more um, Journey Pro stuff coming. Um, there's just a lot going on um that's exciting chris way to, yeah. way to set your sights high and again congratulations i know that's not that was not an easy decision for you but i do think part of the reason was you wanted to spend more time really getting behind party invite which you started you know great timing like a lot of record levels during the pandemic <laughs> right yeah and that's something like you like you like start something when you have a lot of free time and you're like oh i have all the time to do this and then you the real world comes back and you're like oh i don't have any time to do this and it's like i felt bad because it was something i started and i roped everybody into and mm-hmm. you know we just weren't <laughs> i wasn't being as engaged as i should be and all mm-hmm. those kind of things and like 
I've been at Record Bar for five, it would be six years in May if I stayed that long. So uh, over five and a half years, uh, and it was a tough decision because all those people are my family. So um, I just, you know, wanted to take another leap. And if I didn't take the leap now, I don't think I would have been able to. Yeah, later, you, know, you, know? you know, they love you. They support oh, yeah. you. And I, I see some similarities, Sean, too, with Manor, you know, just as well as where you're deciding to go right now. Like sometimes you just got to make that decision. Yeah. While you can. Yes. And uh, do your best Even to. Even if it's tough. Exactly. You got to try it out. Yeah. If, exactly. it's cre- if you have, uh, if it's anything I've learned from when I did, uh, uh, before my grandpa, or well, when my grandpa passed and I had this one episode. I don't think I've even released this. I think I've only given it to my family, but. I did this Look Who's Talking Mao episode with my grandpa on Father's Day, a couple of Father's Days ago. And, uh, like, it was supposed to be this whole series of things, this creative thing to do with my grandpa and, like, him just tell stories about his life. And then uh, Confessions of an Old Geezer. And <laughs> uh, we only were able to do the one because I just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. So mm-hmm. uh, don't do that if you have a creative venture that may be time sensitive, do it. Uh, yeah. Don't wait. Yeah, you've discussed that. I yeah. completely agree. Damn. I'll just talk about a couple of things. Um, again, as Sean mentioned, you know, kind of indoor, now that we're moving indoors, events are changing. Yeah. We, we had our first performance at Mini Bar a couple of weeks ago with the Black Creatures nice. and Nana the One Night Stands and it was lovely. We felt very safe. I've not been there yet. Vaccinated. I Basically, everybody wore masks that was there. Yeah. Um, we just had a great event at um, Charlotte Street Foundation on Saturday. I want to give some shout outs so to that, that organization. Like, that awesome. They're doing so many good things to provide spaces for artists to create and supporting artists. Just really want to thank them all for allowing us to participate in that. And again, vaccinations required. You know, not everybody's wearing a mask, but at least they did when they came in and, you know, once they started eating and drinking. But shout out to them. Hope that that was a successful evening for them. We are also doing some uh, listening Sessions. We'll have our second one tomorrow night with Katie Gian and the Drive out at Deva Audio, where basically we take a record and listen to some of the songs from that on a high-end stereo equipment and allow the artist to talk a little bit about their creative process, what's the meaning behind the song, lyrics, and then let the audience ask questions. Sean, we should definitely cool. talk about having some manner artists that are interested yeah. um, in presenting their work. We had a really great turnout for the first one. We're excited for Katie and Stephanie Wednesday and then Calvin's going to do one on November 10th and our goal is to like do like one a month and just see how that goes we're going to 25 people um, got a big show Halloween show at the ship with the black creatures and Shepa this weekend <laughs> I'm interested to wade into those waters and then the black creatures will be back there a couple weeks later but the thing I did want to mention just real quickly Chris and I were able to go see a show at the Truman mm last thursday with our lovely partners and that was like my first i cannot remember the last national act i saw not to say kansas city artists aren't national yeah, acts on, in a in a big space and again shout out to the truman staff i felt very professional and nice. responsible coming into the venue mm-hmm. um you know it's a big space too there you can spread out but the artists we've been talking about over a couple of podcasts because chris had mentioned the conference this artist bahamas and oh, yeah. uh, we had seen him with a full band back at the Granada in 2013. And he came out by himself. And we figured maybe he's going to do a couple songs acoustically. And like the band was just kind of waiting in the wings. This guy 
completely owned that place solo. Mm-hmm. I mean, amazing yeah. guitarist, beautiful vocals. I'd never really picked up on how awesome the lyrics were because there's just so much stuff going on in his regular music, but to hear yeah. him solo, and it was... Chris, that was freaking awesome. Yeah, I, was I loved blown it. blown away. Yeah. He's good. Bahamas is one of my favorite artists, and like like you said, like I, I love his lyrics, and I think that he's so groovy sometimes that people don't notice him. Yeah. But when you get to hear him, just him and a guitar do it, uh, it was impressive. He didn't play a lot of my favorite songs, but those were all ballads. So, yeah, you know, he's, skip those. <laughs> he was so silly. He was just oh, so witty. Hilarious. I mean, just teasing yeah. the audience all night. I mean, he had 500 plus people, maybe more. I didn't count, but totally silent, like hanging on every yeah, word for a while, cool. which is impressive. So again, kudos to the Truman. Again, I think once the, you know, it's a little weird being back indoors, but once that music started and yeah. you were you're just taken away again. It was well, like, and I bet that makes touring way easier right now. Just having one person we, to kind of keep I bet, I bet upright, that's... Totally you know? discuss that. Yeah. I bet that's probably why. Plus and he's, if he can still sell tickets like that, then why not? Yeah, <laughs> plus he's Canadian. You know, just like dealing with visas or if somebody probably, in the larger yeah. group has an issue, now I got to shut it down. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's tough. Uh, probably makes setup and breakdown a little easier. Yeah, he had an amp and two guitars. <laughs> I, I thought it was a prop. Yeah. I thought it was a television up there, like an old-fashioned... I couldn't even tell what it was. Back to Center Cuts. We are here with Sean Crowley, founder of Manor Records and Chris Mowry's home. And we just went over our calendar a little bit. Sean, we'd like to dig into your life. And I did. I did. Oh, you have no idea. (laughs) The questions. And I did. We thought you hadn't done a podcast before, but you did do one with Aaron Rhodes. Yes. For Shuttlecock. That was right before Manor Fest 3, so 2019 yeah. summer? Yeah. I don't know if that you was dated those. June or July of that. Well, it was probably July 2019. So, and I'll try not to repeat. So I was a different person then. Exactly. About that, you know, so. Exactly. Um, are you from Kansas City? I am from uh, like the Olathe slash DeSoto area. Kansas City. Yes. Okay. That's a greater metro. City is when I explain that, I guess. Sorry. That's, I guess. Uh, yes. I always assume you're from Shawnee because of Shawnee Manor, but that's just where you it lived. All, I mean, it, when you grow up in the suburbs, it all mix and mashes, you know, uh, I, I lived in a little bit in Shawnee throughout high school and then, uh, and then I lived there when I was like 19. Okay. So yeah. And like you met Peter and Quinn high school or even before that? I met Peter. Peter was the first person I met at Summer Waits before I started freshman year of high school. Peter okay. Katie of R.I. Peter. Summer Waits? Yes. Football? Oh, uh, no, just like. Uh, so you didn't have to take a PE class that summer? 
okay. or that year, you could do it in the summer. Oh, sure. And so, and it was like, oh, I didn't know many people going to my high school, you know. So okay, uh, yeah. and I met big old. Peter, well, he was chubby Peter back then, so he's like Peter he's, Beatty. Yes, was chubby. He was so chubby and cute back then, and I miss that. Really, Peter sometimes, he's still kind of cute. He, well, he's funny. <laughs> he's pretty like cute. Actually, cute. bordering yeah. on hot and these days. Like, yeah, he's <laughs> chubby. Like no. guy. I hope he knows that we're. I hope he feels complimented right now wherever yes. he is. Uh, but no, so that was that was my my getting to know Peter a little bit. We both were in band together freshman year, and we both played guitar, so we were like cool. And that's where we met Quinn, who is my best friend Sam Hernandez, aka Scabs, older brother too. So that's where all that kind of okay. We all went to high school, us three, and we were. Quinn was playing in a band at that point called Rev Gusto, and me and Peter were not in Rev Gusto yet. We we would go to Rev Gusto shows and okay. carry their gear for them. Okay. <laughs> so, so I'm leading from backwards from there. So yeah. again, a lot of public schools, lot. you're going to an elementary school, feeds into a middle school where Ooh. other elementaries are fed, and then the middle schools feed into the high school. Mm-hmm. What was your high school? We were private school kids. Private so school? Yeah. We went to St. James Academy. Oh, St. James Academy. Yes. And okay. So we all went from like eighth grade. Ninth was like freshman year. Okay. Us. So is that uniformed? Yes. <laughs> what a way to put that. <laughs> yes, we wore uh actually I used to wear these skinny jeans that were the same color of our uniform and it, I my dad put the logo of our like uh uniform on the skinny jeans. Smart so shit. And then I still got uniform violations all yeah, the time. Yeah, I bet you so, did. Which was like five dollars. Talk about a mess, yeah. sorry, messed up situation. <laughs> Finding children for uniform violations. Ugh. Well, sorry. I <laughs> went to private. I don't associate with a lot of that time in my life anymore, but it is when I met my best friends, so that is the cool part. Yeah, I went to private Catholic elementary school and then Rockhurst High School. Okay. But as a public middle school teacher that had a uniform policy, trust me, man, I know the lengths that... Blues uh, Brothers ch- nuns? Or? Children... Uh, elementary school, yes, Chris. So yeah, the bad wrapping the hands. When and all I that. would play the wrong note on the piano, the ruler came out. Or she, I told that story before. She, uh, yeah, you did. What do you yeah, call yeah, that? Yeah. The bridge thing or whatever? Yeah, she she throw it down to my it down freaking down knuckles. Nuns are cool, guys. Yeah, um, <laughs> just saying. I know the lengths that families and young people will go to get around uniform yes. policies. Yes. <laughs> now, and I know. Again, I remember talking with in the interview with Aaron. You talked about your dad taking you maybe to some knucklehead shows. Where was where was the music influence at a young young age? Because I think you said you started playing guitar in high school. Yeah. Uh, when I was like a freshman, I started playing guitar. I started playing a guitar the summer before. Uh, high school and my band teacher who was then H- helen tyler who is now Hel- helen harrelson okay who is associated with the fountain city youth brass band um in casey she was brand new from england that freshman year and like forced me to join band even though i was not very good at my guitar at all okay and okay. uh that kind of got me into things because then she's like oh play well actually there's 19 guitar players so play trumpet or play a different instrument and so I ended up doing, like, captain of my drumline, uh, played trumpet in high school. But then my dad would be, he put me into guitar lessons, and then Fresh, nobody, freshman nobody year plays. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, about the same time. So, uh, but my instructor, Brendan Bondurant, was, like, a, really, like, a badass. I got lucky with my teacher, I think. But, uh, and then, yeah, I just, uh, basically, Saturdays, I'd go to lessons, and then my dad... He liked blues. He still does. Uh, he loves knuckleheads and knows Frank a little bit. But like, uh, we would go down every Saturday to the jam, and I'd have to just I'd go do as many sets as I could. Yeah, just so, absorb. Yep. 
And that was before I played in any bands. So it was cool to just like know how to play live before you were in a band. Okay. Because uh, there's just so much. That place is, I actually currently teach until uh, we opened the record store and it's been like, uh, that's like one of their final tests is they have to go to Knuckleheads and jam. Before, I haven't really been back since uh, the shutdown, but like it would be to go to Knuckleheads oh, and join awesome. or jam with me because then it's like, all right, well now you now it's all yours. Now, Heck yeah. You know what I mean? So Heck yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's where I really got my footing musically, I feel like. Was your father or was your mother like musically inclined? Like, did you have instruments in the house? By the way, do you have siblings? Yeah, that? I got three older sisters. My mom plays a little bit of piano, but not a whole lot. And then my grandpa, who's like married in, uh, it, he like paid for my lessons and kind of was like play guitar and he plays some guitar. So that's, that's kind of where I got a little bit of push from. So. so your dad wanted you to do it, but then grandpa got yeah. involved. My dad's not musical. Sorry. Oh, okay. uh, he just loves music. So blues in particular. Music. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about guy. Stevie Ray Vaughan with Aaron a little bit. Yeah. What yeah. was, what, what were you listening to in the house? I mean, was there music on? Oh yeah. Well, and it's funny cause I currently live with my dad. Uh, so, uh, every morning there's blues on when I wake up. Uh, and it's KKFI. It's usually whatever's on KKFI, but um, the Blues Shannon. Yeah, heck yeah. Is, is the, you know, uh, Junebug oh, is, yeah. is the man. I went and did a, a jam with Junebug when I was a kid, and he made me wear a wig on stage. It's the first time that ever happened. <laughs> Why? They all did. I don't know. Oh, okay, yeah. join the club. Yeah, it was like, uh, we're doing this. We're not like, part of man, it. this sucks. Uh, I was like, Dad, why'd you drag me to this bar? So, uh but I don't know. I think that's I. You know, it's weird to think back on it because I don't think back on it a whole lot. Um, but like, yeah, I probably I became pretty comfortable in a in a venue setting probably because of that in general. Just being at Knuckleheads. Um, Did you do BBs? I've never been to BBs. Oh, oh come man. on! Isn't that's that crazy? Where it's at. I yeah. well, because no, because I was like a Knuckleheads dude, and like you don't go to BBs. It's a different. Well, it's, it's, it's been around. It's a different vibe. Much longer. I know. I don't know why I thought that, but I totally thought that was the vibe where, like, the the jams were like kind of had an ego to them a little bit, where it's like, no, you go to this jam, and it's cool. It was cool to see there was a circuit of like uh, blues musicians back then. Like the first time I ever played on stage uh, was at Shorthorns in, in Lenexa, Kansas, and it was my the best player guitar player in Kansas City. I don't know if anybody knows who he is. His name is Dave Hayes. Uh, no. And, but he's he's amazing, and then it was Sam Fish was with Dave Hayes. Oh wow! And uh, she made me play an A shuffle, and then she's like, "When it's time to solo, go to A minor pentatonic." And I was like, "Oh shit! I just learned that this week." And then and she's all who she is now, you know what yeah, I mean? And we got right. like autographs from her back in the day in my dad's bathroom that he has. It's funny, but uh, yeah, BB's is great. If uh, I'd say the barbecue is okay, but it's <laughs> it's more about hanging out and listening to blues and eating barbecue at the same time it's kind of like the whole thing sure you know yeah like i wouldn't be like if somebody goes what's one of your favorite barbecue places bb's would not be on that list but going for the experience like I'm, my uncle and i used to go when katie Gain and the girls would play there yeah so yeah that that and place Mama is Ray's jam really session. cool yeah well and nux really doesn't have any food to go with like that is yeah. you can't make a night of it it's you're going there to drink yeah. if you're going to yeah. Knuckleheads you yeah. know that's, as I'm older BB's, I'm learning BB's that BB's has a so. cool like picnic table almost like family style kind yes. of setup. so it's it's a cool little spot yeah. no I need to go check it out that is true I actually it's funny that you bring all this up because I've been trying to go back to those I haven't been playing a whole lot because uh, well we'll probably get to it you're but, a busy man well and 
my band is not very active right now due to just like us getting older and i'm like well i could just go to blues jams you know if i just need to play something sure you know older sure how old are you i'm 27 okay get out to jerry's (laughs) big shop i mean there's a lot of there actually are a lot of opportunities the mutual musicians foundation yeah i've Um, heard about i heard that's fun but you got to hurt. Some of them, you know, are harder than others. I got to get back on my chops first a little yeah, bit. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely the foundation is like pretty. You got to be pretty good sometimes. Yeah. 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 Well, just go get a little lay of the land if you're feeling comfortable, you know, being inside. Oh, that'd be and fun, See, see what good. it's like, where you can fit in. Yep. Now, uh, what were you, like, what kind of music were you into? Like, were you listening to records, cassettes? What was your, I, I keep forgetting, like, I'm so old, like. Yeah, people, a lot of people just started listening to digital stuff. I don't. Yep. When I was a kid, I think it was CDs. Mm-hmm. Like I had a Weezer CD. So what? As I say, what's in your heavy rotation? Some Weezer? I don't know. I don't know if that. I didn't like music. Wasn't really a thing until I. Until uh, high school. Until like guitar was in my. Until I actually got a guitar. I started getting into like classic rock when I was like thirteen. Okay. So like Steve Miller Band. Oh yeah. Uh, you know all of them. Sure. I went to like REO Speedwagon for a concert. You know, mm-hmm. uh, very Kansas. One on the Fox. Put it on. Yeah. You know that was was my oh this is music, uh, which is good for learning guitar. You know, like as a kid, it's like oh I like this music, so I'll have to go learn all this classic rock shit, and then it's like oh well you're good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Gary Rith, uh, Gary Richrath, which is a very hard um, <laughs> name to say. Uh, the guitarist for REO Speedwagon was like one of my favorites when I was growing up. I was like, this guy is fucking rad. <laughs> well, it's a good starting point, you know? Yeah, it's it like is. a common, common denom- Were you uh, going to record stores then? Were you going out and purchasing um, things or just flipping through records? I think when I was about, when, when we started, when I, okay, so then me and Peter, to put us back in high school, is, are going to Rev Gusto shows and we're like, dang, we, we want to be in a band, you know? Like, that sounds cool. And then... That version of Rev Gusto, some of those guys graduate, and we're like juniors and seniors in high school, and they ask us to take their spots. And so we're starting to play shows, and I book a, the night before, it was the gradu- graduation rehearsal was at 6 a.m. the next morning, and we played our first Kansas City gig at Monday night at Record Bar with the Sluts. Oh, wow. It was with the Sluts and wow. Rev Gusto. Uh, and X is on the hands, all that, 17 years old, and... Uh, that was our first like and then we were like i think we all kind of got hooked to that and then i was like wait there's music wait there's record stores wait people are putting out music nowadays mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. that kind of like blew my mind so this is 10 years ago it is that's why i feel old <laughs> okay. okay i don't want to age you there no yeah, you're good that's just talking to grandpa over here so <laughs> that makes a lot of sense so you just started being exposed around it and then yeah. you started to probably listen to other musical styles yeah. Who was the lead? Maybe we should. I guess we can just kind of jump to your artist career here. Then I did okay. want to ask you about your sisters. Though were like they into music? Were you getting any? No. The big sister, <laughs> pat, hand me down. Like, I got to listen to this. If I got that from any, that's what I think. I think like my high school instructor, the the my friends I had in high school, everybody listened to really good music. I think that's what like. Um, mm-hmm. And then. And being being exposed to like Quinn and Sam Hernandez, they their whole family listened to really good music, and okay. so they were kind of like a musical influence. And like Quinn played drums already, and like Sammy wanted to do hip hop, and so we I played guitar a little bit. So we would always like that would be our like hangout talk okay. about music. Okay. I think 
do they say does your family consider you a little different yeah since you <laughs> yeah kind of probably dive dove into this uh, whole musical world yes i will say i have one cousin who's a very close cousin that play is a very good drummer and he like did he has like a sweet drum set and stuff but he never played in bands very much or mm-hmm. anything like that and i was like why are you not like you're so good yeah i'd always bug him to jam and then it never happened so you know what i mean yeah but, some um, artists are just comfortable creating and rocking at home yes all right, so high school, junior, senior year, that's really when you guys joined Rev Ghost. What was the yeah. lead singer's name? Uh, Jerry Frederick. Okay. Yes. So how did that work? Did you just say, we want to join your band? Or he yeah. said, I'm looking for people? Or Well, and his little brother, Sam, was in our grade. So oh, okay. that, that was kind of the connection to me and Peter. Um, and yeah, we just like, I think Peter played drums for a couple of shows to fill in for Quinn and then they were like actually do you want to join and then I just kept bugging Quinn because I wanted to be in a band mm-hmm. and then they let me sit in and then we were in that band for a very long time after that <laughs> so that's you, know, four years I know you put out the release with High Dive yep was that like 20 I won't it's okay I don't even know how to guess that one 20, how did how okay, did I graduated high school in 2012 I would say 2014 I I think we put that out. Okay, yeah. so you've known you've known Jeff for a long time. <laughs> yeah, because we're trying to get him here to come, come join on, us. Maybe at the start of next year to be on the episode. But how how did that work? Do you go approach a record label? Did he come talk to you all? Just checking you out of shows? Is yeah, it the, is it the single with the or the one with the um, oh, Rubik's cube on it? No, but when did that come out? Twenty twelve. Yes. So we self we self released an EP um, as we were like, oh, this is what we need to do to to get shows it was kind of the vibe the high dive one is burnout friends yes that's 2015 okay okay weird seems so So much longer 2012 (laughs) 10 years ago yeah that was a senior year of high school so that's where it's like we self-recorded all that and then um sammy quinzler scab took the picture of that and did the art and it's like uh and that was our first like and that's when i started kind of stepping up and helping organize things because jerry was definitely like a songwriter he mm-hmm. did not want to do anything on the like that side of end of things. And Quinn was the talker. Um, yeah. Like in person, <laughs> he could go talk to people because I didn't like talking to people. I just would like be behind the scenes. And that's where I feel like my role's kind of fallen into. But like it's funny, back then it, it's how it was when we were 17. Right. But, uh, right. So, uh, and, and from there we kind of, that's when I got involved with like Mills. And I started going up to Mills asking Judy for if I could work there for as many years as I could. Uh, I would bug her all the time about that and we want we played a lot of in stores there when it was just the small spot and uh, that's when we noticed oh there's high dive mm. you know it was like and we found the ACBs which like blew our mind yeah. as like that Stone Rosa record is still one of my favorite records of all time it. and so that that kind of was like oh wait you can make good local music it was kind of mind blowing and then we uh, just played enough we we played all the time uh, mm-hmm. we played like four shows a week sometimes all Kansas City like and we were like okay this is crazy but uh, and you're out of high school at this point though yeah and then we move okay. into the Shawnee Manor okay um, because we got out of high school and we were like well we should all just get a house together and we did in Shawnee um, mm-hmm. and then I will give Jerry credit he actually named it the Shawnee Manor um, and then that's where the name Manor Records comes from though is from us doing house shows um, and that was in 2014 when we moved in there. I'll never forget because I was on Diversion for the first year I worked there, or we lived there. So I was like terrified of doing house shows. But 
Uh, okay, go back a second now. Yeah. <laughs> Not about the diversion. <laughs> the EP was recorded at Shawnee Manor? No, that's where... Uh, that was after... That was like in the process of getting ready for the record with High okay. Dive is when we moved in there. So we were recording with Element and Joel for all the stuff on the High Dive record. Okay. Burnout Friends was that record. And um, yeah, like the cover of that record is three of our ex-girlfriends uh, in our backyard of the manor is what the cover of that oh, album is. Oh, okay. So that's, that makes sense. And it ended up, we called it Burnt Out Friends before we knew they were all our ex-girlfriends. So it ended up being very <laughs> funny that, uh, that that was the case, but... Okay. You know, I was at this point 19 and making bad decisions still. So that's it. It doesn't change, Sean. Yeah, yeah. bad decisions don't stop. No, um, no. <laughs> so, so did you go talk to Jeff or was he just checking you out? Like, hey, he, do you guys want to put out a record? Or? Yeah, no, he kind of approached us and it was awesome to kind of have that experience. And it's weird to be like giving that, that experience now because I do model a lot of what I after or what I do with Manor after what he did for us with rev because he really treat, made us feel like we were treated really well great um, not like well like he got us a bunch of stuff more like we weren't getting screwed it felt like and it he was genuinely did this because he liked our band yeah and that was like enough for me sure um i was like yes and then he brought us to the break and we had a little like dinner with some signing and, it, and the strokes was playing in the background i was like oh we did it yeah <laughs> i was like oh, it's a great feeling famous. It's a great feeling. Uh, I dropped out of UMKC at the. Con- I was at the conservatory at that point because we got signed, and then we went to uh, Mid Coast Takeover for the first time, and I was like, "We're going to South by. We're going to be famous." And I walked out <laughs> after my concert, spring concert, and I told my teacher that I'm quitting and I never want to come back here. What so, were you? What were you studying at the conservatory? Jazz guitar. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. So we did. A, I never practiced, and I never went to class, and. I regret it. Cause It'll do it. it but the, 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 the half a year I went there, or whatever, like three quarters of a year, I got so much better at guitar in that three quarters of a year than I did in like nine years of lessons. So it's crazy. Yeah. Mm. The people there are just so good. I was not at all at that level. Like yeah. those people have been going to jazz camps for years and stuff. And now I see them come out in bands and I'm like, you were in that freaking jazz camp. Like people playing at the, at like uh, green lady and stuff. I'm like, I remember you. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? Uh, Calvin. Chalice O'Neill, I was in oh, class with him. Like, oh, really? That's crazy, yeah. and he's amazing. Yeah. yeah, but Calvin even mentioned that a little bit on our last episode about you know why going to the harp, and it was just like you know there's just so many good guitarists out there. You yeah, know, I I think I could make my mark a little bit more easily with a less accessible instrument, I suppose. Yes, um, and I know you mentioned too with Aaron and your podcast about the trumpet. Yeah, you didn't you record? Like an outro or something on that Rev Gusto, I feel like. Yeah. Or no, that was Mama's Boy. Yeah, and and in Rev Gusto, there was like a song with it in the hook. Okay. Um, but you don't practice that? No. Well, and I just have broken too many trumpets. I Whoops. <laughs> out of frustration? Or well, just... <laughs> at, the, at the end of Rev Gusto, our last set, our last show ever with Rev Gusto was um, at the Shawnee Manor with Glass Animals and Heinz. And, okay. Um, it, I threw my trumpet on the ground and it it broke in many pieces because I was like, I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> like okay. that's how I felt about trumpet. So okay. my feelings have not changed since. So it was more the mama's boy guys were like, Hey, it'd be cool if we had a trumpet here. And I was like, okay, I'll borrow one from somebody and relearn how to do it for a second. So, so Rev Gusto was about a four year span. Yeah. I told my mom, I went to Rev Gusto university. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then you got out on the road a little bit too. Sounds yeah. like you did some touring. Well, and with Rev, we did a three-week tour 
um, throughout my 21st birthday and it was crazy and it was fun and it was with a band called Scruffy and the Janitors from St. Yeah. Joe. Um, Still rocking. Yeah, they seem to be having some stuff come up again, which is good to see. And then it's like, but they played a lot of house shows with us at the house is why we became friends. Um, and then that was like the biggest learning experience was that three weeks with Rip Gusto. That's what kind of brought us, like we were in Iowa on like the last week and me and Quinn and Peter walked outside at Bondeville Mew, one of my favorite venues in Iowa. Um, and we were like, okay, we're going home and we're quitting this band and we're starting Mama's Boy. What so, were some of the learning lessons you're, you're referring to there? Just like being on the road or? Well, don't book a three month or three week DIY tour ever. Probably just because that was my other question. Who who booked that or how did you secure those that I booked it myself and uh, it was the most like Facebook messaging booked tour, you know, just like going out on limbs. Um, Some of them were great shows and some of them obviously were not Um, $5,000 guarantees. No, no. Uh, but I mean, one of them was, hey, one of them was $900 because we went to their nice. hometown. So that was a score. But, That's great. Uh, no, I just, we learned a lot. I mean, like, we had car issues with the other touring band. And, like, at that point, we also I, we also learned a lesson about owning rights to a band and, like, a legality of things like that. Because this is just the, the truth is... Uh, the lead singer owned the rights to Rev Gusto okay. without us really knowing what that even meant for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. when it started to mean something and we had opportunities, we realized where our place in that band was. Gotcha. And after doing so much work to propel that band as I was basically managing it and booking it, um, we were like, okay, let's just get, yeah. let's go do our own thing. And that's yeah. where... Mama's Boy kind of came to life, but uh, now it's like I couldn't have done anything I'm doing right now without what I did in Red Gusto. Having so that experience. Kind of before, before we go too far in this... Yes. You looking at the album cover? No. no. <laughs> I'm looking at the Shawnee Manor poster, which is basically you just wrote on the wall. This oh, is yeah. the first time... This is a, the first time I met you, I think. Oh, God. Let me go through this lineup real quick because it's pretty impressive. Sure. Oh, this is the first manifest. Rev Gusto, Pink Royal, why why I was there. Yeah. Westerners, Tuffies, Spirit is the Spirit, Dream Girl, Rachel Mallon, Scruffy and the Janitors, and Your Friend. Love it. That's in a basement in Shawnee, Kansas. You were at that one? Because that was nuts. I was at that one. That was a fun one. (laughs) So that was, that literally, like, I walked in to start setting up merch for Pink Royal, and Dream Girl is playing. And this is before Dream Girl is what they are now. And I'm like setting up and Lacey starts hitting notes and I just stop what I'm doing and I turn and I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. yeah. What is going on down here? This is um, 2017? Oh, that should have been 2014 or 13. Oh, wow. That long ago. That was, yeah, that was, was the first one. I was actually ago. playing in the wild type at that point too. Yes. So correct. I played two sets that you night. You played Red Gusto and, and that. Yeah. So that's oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I guess that's where Manifest started, too, yeah. to put that into perspective, was throughout that house show time frame. Uh, yeah. We started with Rev Gusto doing the house shows and the first Manifest, and then by that time it was the second Manifest. We were Mama's Boy, Jerry had moved out, and we've started kind of the next chapter of us. It's yeah. in that house still. 
This jacket don't keep me warm, no This jacket don't keep me warm It's nothing like your arms, no But it smells like you used to do This jacket don't keep me warm That's what summer was for But the fall came, then the fall came Then it all came down, all came crashing down I've been cold since you've been found I've been low since you in the ground yeah. I've been trying to hold on To the pieces you left me But I'm still hung up on Why you wouldn't let me in Just take the time to call I will catch you for so you made the decision to basically step away from Rev Gusto, yes. let him do his own thing. Yeah, exactly. So That's was, exactly the way that we put it. It was you and Peter Quinn, and then the him f- and his brother kind of kept going as Rev. Obviously, oh, got you. Yes. Okay. His brother was hip to what was going on. Okay. So and then they, just said, "Let's do this. What we've already started, and we'll yep. just make up another name and go no, from there." They played for a while. They played, and then mm-hmm. they moved to Chicago and did did Rev Gusto there for a while. Oh, okay. And uh, at this point, I don't think they're active as that band. But um, okay. Jerry's also one of the best songwriters I've ever met in my entire life. He has thousands of songs that will never be heard, and that's very sad because he just. Truthfully, was one of the best musicians I've ever met. Um, yeah, and that's what's crazy about that experience. He he also was like he won this competition to go to England once and uh, learn from Ray Davies how to songwrite. Oh, I think I read that. that was, yeah. yeah, no, no, wow. that was like the craziest thing back in the day. Wow, but he he has some serious potential. Is why we were so down to be on that live like on that ride for so long too. Is because we just were invested in the songs mm-hmm. that much. Mm-hmm. But, um, so Mama's Boy arises from the ashes, the phoenix, <laughs> and then yes. as far as that, was there like a conscious decision to build off of what you started as Rev Gusto, or let's go in a totally new direction? Um, well, and at that point in Rev Gusto, Jerry wasn't even playing an instrument. Um, he hmm. was just singing. Just it, Jerry? Y- yes. It, well, <laughs> well, and this is where it gets very confusing, because Jared... Yes. Now Jerry mm. and Jerry Rev Gusto Jerry. There's going to be some gotcha. confusion that comes yeah. in here. Okay. Uh, Jared is J A R I R Y to me. I don't call him Jerry just out of my confusion for myself. Gotcha. So that's, uh, okay. But so at that point, yeah, we made we kind of realized we were like, okay, we are going to sound just like Rev Gusto because we were Rev Gusto. We mm-hmm. kind of came to peace with that. We we're like, we're going to sound like an indie rock band. Yeah. Because this is what we like to play. Okay. So, uh, and we love bands like Twin Peaks and like, you know, really just Twin Peaks. But and then we were playing as a three piece for a while. Just us. We were just like, we want to play. We want to keep doing shit because we were still at the house and we we're like, we can't really throw shows if we're not because we always would play them. <laughs> so that, right. Uh, but. Um, now this is like 2015? Yep. Late, tw- or late 2015 because. Into 2016, we were still doing a three-piece. No, 2016, we released our first song as Mama's Boy. April 9th, 2016. Cool heat. Okay. Um, because that fall is when we met Jared and became a four-piece of Mama's Boy. Okay. Um, Quinn's brother, Anthony, helped record a few songs at the beginning on bass, um, his oldest brother, but he was not playing with us full-time. So we would go play replay as a three-piece. There's a really bad video on YouTube from Manhattan of me and Peter playing... 
we would switch off bass and guitar, whoever was singing. And, uh, was that through the radio station? Was yes. that through Wildcat? Yeah. I've seen that. It's bad because the bass string breaks <laughs> and then it's all out of tune. We seen just that suffered. Actually. We suffered. Okay. So, but, uh, and so that was interesting. But I had seen you all play out Mama's Boy. I, I'm, tr- I'm sure I saw Rev Gusto. Um, but Mama's Boy several times. And then it was probably 2018 Crossroads Music Fest, the Mixmaster. Oh, Mama's, yeah. you were on a panel, I was on and a panel. you guys did a performance. Oh yeah, we do you remember that? What's that groovy thing? song on the bongos? That's uh, that's uh, part of my favorite. Back. Yeah. yeah, that's the Jared song. See, yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's what's cool. Pleaser. That's where we also like set ground rules before we started Mama's Boy. It's a uh, and legally like that's what's kind of I have to like uninvest for my band right now because of the nonprofit status uh, where we're an LLC as Mama's Boy. Okay, <laughs> so because uh, we wanted to legally, we bought a van. But, like, that's why I had to be an LLC. But, um, like, we own 25% of Mama's Boy each. Right. If you wrote the song, you get to sing the song. And it's, like, that's kind of the vibe of it. Because we were so kind of put off with how Rev Gusto ended that mm-hmm. we, like, made it a very big situation. And I think that's what... If, if that whole situation didn't happen with me and Rev Gusto, I wouldn't be so, like, pro-artist rights with the record label now and all that. Because it would yeah. be... I wouldn't have as much, like, personal stake in it, I think. Um but sure. I, I can see how it gets weird. You know what sure. I mean? So but um but yeah, so yeah, that one's Jared's song. It's yeah. very good. So we, <laughs> we've always and that's the approach we've always had as the label too with our artists, like fifty fifty. Yeah. You know, like yes. let's let's be fair about this, whereas most record labels ninety ten, oh, maybe seventy thirty. All over the place. Um, that's what I'm curious. we're gonna do another label summit once the record store opens. Because yeah. that's where they can just be now. Love so, it. Go on, yeah. But that's another day <laughs> okay so so manor fest basically came out of the fact that you were living in that home yeah. and you wanted to have an opportunity to perform your own songs yeah bring yeah. in other artists that you respected and yeah. have, a, have a good old time yes and it became it, it became me just like curating was able to like propel my band of like letting bands play there becoming friends with bands it was like just developing a little bit of a scene is what it felt like back then. Uh, okay. And then was 20, the idea. Tw- okay, because the last Manifest was 2019, right? When you moved into other venues. Mm-hmm. And and so we moved out of the house in 2016 because of mice. And mold. <laughs> uh, and mold. It was okay. so bad. Uh, <laughs> I wonder where those came from. <laughs> yeah. that's. But uh, The way you said it to Aaron, I was like, well, we had to get out of there because it was a mess. I'm like... Was it a mess when you moved in there, or was it a mess There's a after inhabiting involved? For a well, bit? I we can just, we can just let that one go. Well, and the joke was, I could have lived there the rest of my life probably and been happy, mm-hmm. but I I couldn't afford the whole house by myself, so I would have been I could have, I would have kept doing house shows probably longer. But we had a band called Kitten play, um, mm-hmm. and it was the last show we did there after the second manifest and. There was sewage water dripping from above the band and stuff, and we were like catching it in a tub. And this is real X-rated, not really, but there was these people that were, like were so drunk they went and splashed each other with the sewage water, and I just was like, "Oh no, this is not good. no, <laughs> so no. That's health department that's bad. Uh, landlord yeah. probably oh. not pleased." Yeah, he knew that was going on. He knew what was going to say. So you <laughs> you went big time though and branched out into some other venues. It was like a Three day? Was it two days? Yes, it was three days, uh, 33 bands, and nine stages. That's the math, sorry. Uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, so that's why I wanted to do something with it again. And I was like trying to do Manor Records because I wanted to put out. I was like, how do I keep doing the house after we moved out? I was like, I obviously want to do something. Mm-hmm. And so we called it Manor Records. And uh, I was just putting out like Mama's Boy cassettes at that point where I was just like, I'll help organize this. And I had help from a guy named Taylor McHenry, who was the original Rev Gusto guitar player. Um, he taught me how to like dub cassettes, order cassettes, and he uh, kind of helped me get off the ground. You'll see some old manor tapes that have Indigo Sun also on it. Mm. That, that's what he is. Okay. So, um, he helped me live record the whole cassette that's from the basement, which was our first cassette we ever did. Um, that's the first official manor release? Yes. The Shawnee Manor presents Tuffy's Mama's Boy and Psychic Heat, February 28th. Ah, uh, Psychic Heat. I miss 2016. At the manor. manor officially formed 2017. I don't know when it officially ever formed. Like, oh, really? Like, okay. I mean, okay. I mean, paperwork wise, not until really like 2019, until I did the fest. But okay, um, got you. Because I we... think I announced it as 2017, a year after the, our last show. There, we did. I did say that. Yeah. Okay. Because we officially applied for our business license. I think we got it in July of 2017. I was still teaching full time, so not quite wading into the waters yet. Gotcha. I'm just curious, like. It must have been around the same time. And I certainly was doing due diligence about where you guys were going. Describe that decision, though. Like, I mean, what? how do you decide to start a record label? Well, I think a big part of that was I was working at Mills at that point. Um, and I worked at a record store. Uh, and I, at that point, was doing a lot there. Um, so I was pretty hip to how it kind of, I was learning how it all worked even more um, from a different angle. You know, I kind of had the venue experience a little bit from like booking and running and maintaining my basement, whatever that meant. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and then I just like kept playing and uh, out with Mama's Boy so much. We were pretty active for a long time there, putting out singles and trying to just stay going that I started realizing that I could just put music in places and yeah with the fest you know that's where that kind of came out and be like oh there's already like the groundwork for it here i just need to like organize i just need to do it so um and at that point i was booking voltaire too i think um which started doing late night shows there and that got me really confident in my booking because that's when i was making one sheets i was making you know offer forms and stuff like that because my GM was making me. So it right. was a little more like job, like, you know what I mean? But um, you did that record swap there. Yeah. That's when we kind of talked a little bit yes. too. That was right. I at the feel start like that's label. when I remember meeting you. Okay. Personally, that's when I was like, that's Patrick. Okay. okay. Well, actually at Mills, I might've met you just from you shopping at Mills back in the day. I spent a little time in yes. the original. Oh, and really? And moved over. Yes. Does Judy, she's had plenty of artists working for her. Oh she yeah. Had any other label people working at Mills? I'm trying to think of any record label owners or reps that worked at record stores because that seems to me like another natural like you 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 were seeing it from all sides like yeah i can do this actually i can do some booking i can help produce some actual music maybe get some things recorded yes perhaps book some shows outside of kansas city as well well and that's where the mama's boy guys were really pushing we we bought a van we were like we know what we didn't do with red gusto Mm because we were like okay we're gonna go tour a bunch first before we put out a record so that when it is time to put out our record we can go to a pretty okay tour yeah or better than we did just dry run and then it's like uh so we we developed this technique is uh, we were really proud of it because we made a bunch of like forms we got really organized at one point um, but love it well and then we'd do weekend runs because they were like two of us were nine to five guys and other we were just two of us were we, uh, restaurant guys so it was like uh, 
Friday night, a four-hour away city. Saturday night, an eight-hour away city. Sunday, drive home. And that was, like, something we could do twice a month. And, like, that's four cities a month. Yeah. And then, you know, if you do that for two months before your tour is two two months later or something, that's, like, a good amount of coverage. But, yeah. Um, and we bought a van, so it was like, okay, we better go out of town. It was, like, a $12,000 van that we were making payments every month. Let's use it. We paid it off uh, August 2020 on our trip to Colorado and that's when we decided we were opening deep space but it died on our way to Colorado (laughs) (laughs) it was like the month we paid it off the transmission went out I know this is a more of a visual one but I think Nathan Roush was the one who like turned me on to this but um if you think about doing like weekend runs yes uh think of it as a flower so the middle of the flower. flower is a circle that circle is your home base, your home area. And then each weekend you just do this. You fly her out. You do a loop. Yeah. And come back. Then you go out again. You really just got to make decisions. Again. You make, where do you want to go? Yeah. And, yeah. and and what weekend do you want to go there? Yeah. <laughs> and then just like ask people. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> right. Yeah. And those like, especially from DIY booking and stuff, uh, that that email process of sending out emails to a thousand venues is it's, uh, it's brutal. Yeah, I completely understand. It sucks. <laughs> now, when you again, I when you did at one point, uh, yeah, I mean, it's you like, like get a high pain. when you start yeah, booking stuff. Someone got back to me and said no. Yeah, yeah. If you get enough <laughs> caffeine in you, it feels real good to go at it. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and, you, and you start knocking stuff out. It starts it starts really draining on you when you have stuff set up, and then like a band goes, "Oh, I can't do it anymore." Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I went. I booked this tour with Drugs and Addicts, Pale Tongue, Mama's Boy, a three-band tour. Horrible idea. Down yes. to South by, and our te- our Tulsa one. I walk up to this garage, and this dude's like, "Oh yeah, the venue doesn't exist anymore." Woo! And he was like, "I got kicked out of my out of my house last week," and I was like, "So what the fuck are you gonna do?" <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's he like ignored like Evan from Psychic Heat and Pale Tongue saw a very rough side of me that night so yeah. that's it. can't do that to me no man not for three bands either and then we had to pay for a hotel and then we lost drugs and addicts which happened almost every night but that's uh good times i do miss those times i'm like in those moments i was very stressed out and like oh shit because most of that responsibility was on me mm-hmm. but i was like now i'm like oh what do i give to just go out on the road and have those be my problems you know yeah what I mean? so that's mm-hmm. it's all relative sean yeah no that's fair We're talking about like current events with Manor too, because I know you got some big developments. That's really yeah. why we had you here today. Yes. Did you have like a like a, a a vision or a mission? And I realize these things change over time. So when you start like in your dream, like what was Manor or what is Manor meant to do? 
as far as a label because I think again all labels have a little bit different perspective on that that's fair uh, I guess thinking about it it's like um, when I first in 2017 or whatever was saying I was a label I always used the phrase artist for artist because I felt like mm. I was a musician making a record label you yeah know what I mean so it was always like that intent yeah originally I guess but um, it's weird how it's led into this and it's so after my time with Deep Space, I had this week. I've been living at home throughout the pandemic just to like keep Manor a thing and like uh, just trying to hustle through it. And then we got that spot in Crossroads, which is a cooperative space that me and the Mama's Boy guys and Sammy of Scab run. And I was putting a lot of work in there. Loved it. You know, I loved being with them and doing that. And I was realizing that like, oh, I'm just gonna live in my basement forever if I don't like go <laughs> and try to find a place mm-hmm. to like. I imagined like a storefront like could help fund the record label um, because I run Manor at such a cheap expense rate right now doing cassettes and doing press all my own that mm-hmm. it's like it's a lot of work but it saves a lot of money. Sure. <laughs> so, sure. Uh, but that being said, um, we've always once we started like signing bands, it was like they were non-binding contracts that were um, literally just like an agreement of management and. Um, from, from there on, that's kind of been what we've built to. But I realized it just wasn't working. And me, me working at a deep space, trying to build that place to be something. So, like, I just told those guys I had to quit. Right. And that was really hard for me. But literally that week is when Dan from The Mockingbird, Dan Dan Castillo, he is a owner of The Mockingbird Lounge where we do our songbird stuff. He was like, hey, I've always, I've got this idea of opening these, like, a non-profit bar if you want to make it a record store slash bar because I was kind of leaning towards opening my own record store because yeah. I was like well I know how to do it for Mills and, and you know I've taught actually out of Brothers for the last two years so I, I'm around record stores still um, just never thought about it as a non-profit oh that's right you were doing guitar lessons at Brothers yes. yeah that's when I that's saw you during the pandemic keeping me afloat so okay. but and they're great I love the Brothers guys um, but that's like I was always working at a loss anyway, especially with releases. We didn't even ask on our contract. We owe it. It's two hundred fifty dollars for a run of fifty cassettes. We ask for one hundred and fifty for the next to help invest in the next run, and mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've been the artist that I've given those cassettes to in that moment, and like I almost felt like it was more like it's so stressful to owe somebody money ever. <laughs> so, yeah. and I hate money. Just yeah. for the record, I'm one of the most like anti money people you've ever met i'm actually working on getting myself out of a poverty mindset because of that but uh it's Uh like it's it's a thing uh but i think it's okay to not like money Uh, but um anyway so he suggested he suggested working as a nonprofit. fascinating and i was like i've never even experienced that he's not really done anything with a nonprofit before his bar is just a normal you know business yeah um but he lives right across from this gorgeous building on Strawberry Hill, two blocks from the Mockingbird, and it's been for, for rent for like a year. And he's been like, I got the spot. I know exactly where we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. And so we reached out. There's a guy named Matt Thomasick who owns a lot of properties up in KCK, and that's who we got the building from. They approved our idea, and now we're in the process of kind of, we jumped into it without having any funding, any knowledge of what a nonprofit really is, anything like that. But because we wanted that building so bad, we just needed to go for it. Yeah. And so now we're in there, we're fundraising, and we're building, you know, and, and trying to figure out how this next form of Manor Records kind of happens. Because for me, it's at least a, a sign of longevity. I'll be able to make, 
I don't make any money doing guitar lessons. I make under $1,000 a month, and it is going to triple my income, which will still be under a $35,000 a year salary for me working 60 hours a week running this business. Yeah. So, but that's going to change my life for what that's worth to people. Right. So, <laughs> no, um, it's, it's exciting. Just, I, I hate talking about that because I've been approached by multiple people in the scene already about how much I'll be making yeah. and what where the money will be going. And I'd like to maybe talk a second about that. Please. But, um, but that's like, I will I will tell anybody what I make and bring it on. You know what I mean? Uh, also, that's like, yeah. Um, Let me just say this too before you go into that, Sean. I mean, I think as long as I've known you, I just see you working. Mm-hmm. And I think hustle maybe gets yeah. overused these days, but I consider that a compliment. Trying to help artists, artists for artists, and it's not necessarily about the profit. Yeah. On the other hand, that's something we've always said as a business, as a record label, like we want to make money and we don't want to make money just to break even. Yes. We want to make money so that we can do this forever. (laughs) So we can support artists forever to show the rest of the world how much talent there is in Kansas City. And so you've got to make some of those decisions. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I can't it. do this for free because I like it. It's not a hobby. Yes. It's not fun. Well, and I was, I was fighting between it was either like start owning our artist's music so that we can like work on getting digital distribution deals so we can make money off of being a label. You yeah. Know, it was either like make that choice. And then I was like really worried about that and kind of like, I was like, that's not who we have been in a way, you know, because yeah. it's been so loose. And I'm like, I like that. And then I never thought about this being a possibility you know what i mean of like oh we're not really a record label we're just like i mean all record labels really are in my opinion is like a a a bank um unless you're Mm -hmm. like a smaller label because you do a lot more when you're a smaller label because you don't outsource it um that's how somebody explained it to me and i was like that makes so much sense yeah so our bank is just going to be grant and fund fundraiser based manner manifest now becomes a yearly fundraiser for the manner musicians fund so it's Mm -hmm. like uh, it just, just like Crossroads Music good. Fest is for KKFI. See, yeah, sorry to interrupt. That, actually, yeah, that's I actually never knew that. Actually, yeah, that is it's okay. What it, so it's now what it's I become. know who to talk to. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Talk no, to and Bill. it's crazy how many people are like nonprofits though that are like businesses in the scene that I was like, oh, okay, so that it's not like unheard of, you no. know? Like that's a uh, no. The bar thing is a little interesting because it's it's like to be legal on that end. We're actually it's like a, we have to run as a private club where mm-hmm. we're like a member's card to drink. Interesting. But they're just going to be like a cent on your tab if you don't already have the card because we want to make it as like accessible as possible. Got you. To, to drink. <laughs> you know, so. Got you. Uh, and, but, okay, so the way that, that the nonprofit will function is that there will be two funds. One is the Manor Musicians Fund. One is the Strawberry Hill Fund. The Manor Musicians Fund will go towards putting out people's music, not just our artists. This is anybody can submit to. So mm-hmm. it's like... We're currently building our pages on our website of how to do that. Um, and Skylar, shout out to Skylar, who was involved in a lot of what happened in the last few years, um, yeah. is helping me make that from afar right now in D.C. So that's where she's still pitching in. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be like an open source of it's like, at first, obviously, cassettes are going to be super accessible for us to do for any local band if they just want to have a physical release right. on top of it. And we're just going to be... And, Basically, if you're on Manor Records now, the only difference is that I actually am going to take the time to help manage, book, and do your press and hopefully get you on a bigger label because, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I want to be a platform to get you out of here if that's what you want. Mm -hmm. And then I have other artists that are like, I just want to be a local musician and put out one record a year. And I'm like, well, that's also pretty cool. Right. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? uh, And this allows me to not have the stress of like, oh, but I got to kind of make money out of this. 
because that's what it is when you have a record label. You're investing in these people and mm-hmm. this art. It's like you're investing in it too, and it's like kind yes. of a it's it's risky business in a way. And this feels like it's a little less risky because I just have the bar to rely on of sales if it hits the fan. Understood. You know what I mean? Yes, I, I do. Was like, Dang, yes, I do, Sean. It's crazy. It's crazy. No, <laughs> I do hundred percent. Because I was either gonna have to kind of call man or quits in the last year or that's where I was kind of at I was like do I even do this anymore you know mm-hmm. what are we doing so yeah. Um, yeah it's weird so the idea is to continue with cassettes is physical how many releases have you put out I should have counted mm. that is a I should know that it's close Does- to 18 okay I was going to say dozens yes one LP yeah but that was like kind of funny oh I heard yeah they, they had some a long time ago okay. situation right yes in theory would you have plans to do yes. CDs LPs that is the goal I mean that is it, it would be sad if I was a record store that didn't <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's it. it's not but it's not cheap I gotta find that's where I'm I'm in the research stage on that when it comes to finding I want to do smaller presses so I want to find a place that does 100 to 200 uh, runs so it's not going to be as quality of vinyl but I think at first a lot of people will be content with that sure these musicians it's funny some of them it's just and you would get this it's like fun to work well and there's just so many people in there that it's like the spectrum is so wide right. yeah <laughs> yeah because um, some of them are like oh i only want vinyl i don't care about anything else i don't want a tour i just want a vinyl and i'm like that's like so much work for <laughs> like, and then you know, how, how are you going to sell those records by yeah. the way that well is- and now it's nice because i just gift them the what, what the way that it'll work is like bands will put together a package they're like okay I need a hundred dollars for photos 250 for cassettes and once it gets appro- approved by our board um, mm-hmm. which we'll do monthly yeah um, allocated funds will go to them to do whatever they need to as long as receipts are, are we have to see receipts of every purchase on that end of course so we're, we're gonna eventually function and once I figure out the paperwork for it as being a subgranting situation um, like a Charlotte Street right um, but we're gonna subgrant within the business a little bit totally get so that it. I can also look for those type grants too that's great um, yeah so you've you've started the Kickstarter what a month and a half ago yes and I'm right? bad at asking people for money let's do it right <laughs> now no so, you gotta do it Sean yes like, how can people get involved to basically help you help artists that that's the biggest thing is getting the doors open I feel like to this record store is the answer to that is the the biggest way to help me is to get this place open because then I will run with it I feel like um but the idea would be going to our GoFundMe which you can find either in our Instagram bio there's a link to it okay um and if you go to our website manorecords.com it like pops up with a little buzz thing it's like help us donate or help us open a record store, donate here. And there's even the video where I explain more in detail yeah, I love about it. the record store. That Good was job. terrifying. I don't like doing this. I loved it. This is like, I probably won't do another podcast for another three or four years now. <laughs> so. no, you were great with Sarah Bradshaw, too, on the bridge. That I was need to do awesome. this stuff, man. People need to know. Uh, well, and that's where it's weird to always be working on other people's things. And mm-hmm. then it's like finally time. Like, it's not, it's fun when it's Mama's Boy. But like, uh, I, I haven't, it's like, my brainchild a little bit so it's yeah. like I, you know uh, a little bit of anxiety with that whole side of things it's like that's it. I'm sure you know um, James Carter Sarge with You Found Music so he's not mm. living in Kansas City right now he's in Nashville but he was someone also doing a lot of things kind of behind the scenes to help artists whether it was finding them uh, gigs whether it was helping them promote themselves etc cetera, etc cetera. and he's just so you remind me of each other. He's just a right. humble guy and wasn't necessarily taking money for himself. It's like, yeah. dude, 
you're doing all these things. Yeah. You, you, you gotta <laughs> take care of yourself, right? So you can keep doing these things. Exactly. No, that's true. It's it's the truth. Yeah. And in that sustainability, it's, you know, I, I was so focused on the artist's sustainability that I had forgotten about my personal life right. completely. You right. Know, like that's a, and gotcha. it, it gets to a point where you got to think about those type of things. And, uh, hopefully this is a way that I can feel good about it consciously on my end. You know what I mean? So that's a, it feels like it. That's where, uh, I'm really excited because of that, because I was worried that I was going to like have to do things that I didn't necessarily want to do to continue it. If that makes sense. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's just like, there is some downsides. Like, since we don't ever own their music, um, we can't get them digital distribution deals and stuff like mm. that. So I hope that, like, my my hopes for the music industry in, in general is that that we find a way. It'd be cool if more nonprofit record labels could pop up and be a thing. I don't know if it happens without the storefront or not, but mm-hmm. it's like um, there's enough arts grants in the world maybe to give that i don't know <laughs> but yeah. um it, if touring continues to maybe be a march through october thing with and this is more with even bigger musicians than locals to be honest um if it becomes seasonal touring spotify is going to have to give more and record labels are going to have to find out a way to get, take less so, you know there's going to mm-hmm. have to because their income is minimi- minimized mm-hmm. but what if it could be that and there is some healthy way to do all that and it's like oh and they get like the winter's off to like record or be with their family yeah because you know, like, nobody wants to be on the road all year right nobody does unless they're crazy so right i mean there are people that want to be on the road all year sorry i take that. there is yeah <laughs> That's you're, I, you're very thoughtful sean i mean i think that you're coming at it from the right angle yeah and and i think people are really behind you and excited to see you know what you can create and i'm sure that will morph yeah, you'll, you'll get some speed bumps and yes. some things thrown. Like we didn't think about this. Or, oh no! What the heck just yeah. happened? Like pandemic <laughs> continues for another ten years. Crowley, founder of Manor Records, and Chris Mowry, and we learned a little bit, well, we talked about our calendars, kind of, sort of, learned a little bit about Sean's life growing up, uh, what led him to becoming a performing artist, several different artistic ventures, what led to the formation of Manor Records, and some current developments, and Sean, we really appreciate you spending your time with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're doing all right? We're not grilling you? No, it's... it's, it's, uh... (laughs) I'm I'm having a lot of like flashbacks and yeah. like feelings from past things now, so it's a little it's a lot at once. It's important yeah. to process. <laughs> it's important. Chris and I are very pleased to have you. We like to move to a positive tip here, and just what's something you like about Kansas City or something you appreciate about it. Well, uh, I you know this is a really lame thing to say, but this is what I always tell people from out of town too. 
is the best part about Kansas City is that it only takes 10 to 15 minutes to get around wherever you need to go. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's, uh, Hell yeah. Um, I mean, uh, just after going to some of the bigger cities, it's I think it's what attracts a lot of those like LA crowd and, you know, they're they're all exporting to other places right mm-hmm. now and whatnot. It's just a... It's got a small town vibe still because of that. You can really go from KCK of Strawberry Hill to 7th Heaven in 10 to 15 minutes. Yep. You know? Oh, yeah. And that's like not always i don't know if it's forever going to be the case but it it just has felt that way my whole way growing up you know yeah well people are complaining myself included about the construction along main street oh gosh but you know ideally it could lead to you know more connectivity i suppose isn't that for the streetcar it is so again we got a better price and i met with um Rhonda Line from Midwest Music Foundation last week. Actually, we didn't mention that. Apocalypse Meow is the ninth. Is that right? Yes. Chris, or six. Sorry. Uh, Saturday, uh, November 6th, yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they, they were like, you can't stick around for one more week. <laughs> oh, did, they, did she say that? Yeah. Rhonda and Sandra both. Oh, great. Um, yeah, we had donated some records for that. But anyway, she was talking about um, Austin and just about, you know, going back there again I was yeah. just saying are you, is, are you going to do the takeover next year and she was just saying like the development down there it's it's just insane like where the Shangri-La is there oh, like, she's like these high-rise apartments now all yeah. this stuff's been built out there's no parking and I'm like yeah god dang as much as we'd like to see the music industry grow here in Kansas City I don't ever want to be like that yeah you know where again artists are getting pushed out and it's not easy to get around. I'm not. I had not been down there since I think the second year of South by until 2018, and I was just blown away how how big the city was. Forget yeah, about South crazy. by itself. Like this it's is wild, nuts. Man. No, and I, that's where it's like I went down there back like every year for like 2013 to like like all those Rev Gusto years and Mama's Boy years. And now when I went back with Mama's Boy like this last time, that it was a thing. I think it was like. It, it's weird to see that change and yeah. actually like oh this wasn't here last time like we literally right, yeah. were on the same street and we were like we don't recognize this place yeah. where's yeah. the tacos you know like there was this street tacos place right down the street and it's just gone you yeah. know it's just like well now and it's crazy Torchy's Tacos is now in Overland Park so you don't actually have to go to Austin anymore. <laughs> <laughs> good so, point thank you <laughs> well and to your point I think that sometimes people when they think about Kansas City Kansas specifically Strawberry Hill they feel like it's like north of the real like some faraway place when actually it's just really five minutes from downtown it's yeah. really about 10 or 15 minutes from anywhere yeah you just kind of got to deal with the I-70 situation which I'm not always it's excited nice about it's nice that it does feel like uh not many people know where it is still though mm-hmm. it's kind of still yeah. in that zone where it's like okay but you know uh dan's owned the mockingbird now for five years there and he says it's it's ridiculous what's even going on over there so i think that's across the board that it's it's growing in kansas city yeah all over the place yeah. you know but are you a bi- are you a biker are you a bicyclist i'm a runner oh really yes i really? run two miles every day every day yes well, I'm down I'm, to like a, three every third day. That's, that's my crazy. limit. That's no, I, three miles is far. Sorry, only twice a week. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Not every day. I have to do it, or I will. Uh, I'm a year and four months without a cigarette. So, oh, congrats! Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. So, where where do you run? Just around home, or just wherever you happen to be? Wherever I happen to be, I've gotten a route. There's a cool little path. Of, ooh, this is a cool thing for anybody a Kansas City fact that I didn't know. There is a sweet like. A uh, ramp tunnel thing, not tunnel, 
bridge that uh, goes over the river from KCK to the West Bottoms, and it like connects you to where Blip is. Oh up yeah, there. and oh, I yeah. just never knew that was there this whole time. Oh for so, sure. Uh, I was like, so that makes you that that's what feels cool about being in Strawberry Hill more now. And I've been like picking up shifts at Mockingbird to kind of like get more into the city, like be more aware mm-hmm. of what's going on. And it's like, uh, I, I'm still finding out things up there. You know, like there's still places I haven't eaten up there and stuff like that. And it's it's exciting. Uh, there's a place called Poyo, P O I O. Yeah, Poyo's yeah, amazing, oh, so good. They just they love had Carlos. some food at Charlotte Street the other night. It was delicious. It's so good. Big fan. It's amazing. I love that place. Love Carlos. It's drive through. All right. Drive through. (laughs) Drive through, baby. Easy to get around the big city. city could do better or needs music industry i do tend to use that word industry not community i think the community yeah. is pretty rock solid here it does that's what i was gonna say it feels it feels pretty good overall right now like community wise that it that i feel pretty good about that um there's a lot of good music right now i think that it's something to take before i take a, a, a jeer at it i'm gonna add a positive that like I think it was Mark Manning or, or Chris that said this is like the most releases they've seen in a year from yeah. musicians ever. And it's just mm-hmm. like, that is so exciting. Mm-hmm. So um, from an industry standpoint, you yeah. know what I mean? That's like, we that's what brings music here is like a bunch of people just putting out music from here. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but uh, I would say, uh, I mean, you, you are absolutely right with the PR company. Uh I, I, I will say that's part of the game. Uh, it's been interesting. I, and I guess I don't know really what else exists in other parts of the country. But if, if there would be like, um, and this is probably just because from the label aspect, but like also a booking, a booking agency would be oh, yeah. great to have here. Um, I think some sort of connection between more of the arts world and the music world. And I think Charlotte Street does a good job of this. But I think the more and more we can start connecting that the more we'll realize how much of a big community we actually have in this city. Mm-hmm. Um, Deep Space being next to Stray Cat really helped me realize that because like they just have their own different scene than the music scene we had right next door. And that like combination of the two together would be like ginormous, you know what yeah. I mean? And really flourish in this town because we have such a great art scene. Um, well, the Performing Arts Center is, you can see it right out the door. Exactly. That is kind of the cool overarching thing above that, like two DIY spots is this like, yeah, it's been like invested in the arts right there. So mm-hmm. it's a, uh, and I don't know, I guess learning from the grant aspect too, if there was more like foundations that would like pay attention to the arts here, um, or bring their investments to this city. Um, 
that'd be cool for people like me because <laughs> so, I would it would help me put out more people's music but I hear you and um, we've been partnering with arts KC recently they've got an initiative this year called who needs art hashtag who needs art nice. and it's not a fundraiser they're just trying to basically bring to light different arts organizations whether it's drama theater dance and um, I think that sometimes I don't even say the DIY level just like an average artist isn't the right word. Artists don't maybe necessarily even know that there are resources out there. Like no. I, again, like I know Charlotte Street just recently announced they've got, I think, three $10,000 generative grants uh, to apply for. Maybe it's five. I mean, yeah. Ten grand, that's, that's, that's a good little chunk of change. That's good money. That'll, well, that'll pay your rent for the year. That being said, I didn't even know until I just applied with a grant through them that we didn't end up getting. But it was like I could have I could have been applying for that grant this whole time. It was yeah. an arts grant. It wasn't a nonprofit grant. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I could. You know what I mean? So that's so, a, so artists and maybe making that awareness more of a thing is is part of that deal, like for the artist, because that's and maybe more like that's why I like I'm I am biased, but. Uh, I like the concept of deep space a lot because it's more like an arts collective spot than a venue even. Mm-hmm. And like, so it's more like advocating those type people too. And not, I don't know. Um, I would take a all ages venue too, if we could get one. That's, that's a big one. That's been bandied about a few times. Uh, we, we now have a band that will only play all ages shows. So I'm really going to start pushing some of these venues to see if they'll, they'll work with me on something. So yeah. LK ultra, they just, they have a deal where they only play and they're almost all 21 almost now too. So, they want to continue to make that part of their I believe so. mission. I believe so. It's it's been strong so far, which is cool to see a band just have like a mission. You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe the question then is: Do we need to bring the artists to these organizations, or do we need to let these organizations help them find these artists? Because again, another conversation with Arts KC was they wanted to do some um, testimonials. Yeah. About you know this initiative and like, can you? talk to some artists for us. And yeah. I'm like, yes, of course. And yes. sent out 50 emails. And yeah. I don't know if anybody necessarily has followed back like they'd <laughs> like to, but I just think like having some connectors there on either end yeah. uh, could facilitate that. And again, who does that and how that person gets paid? I don't know. Right. Yeah. Cause again, you can want to help. Yeah. Exactly. You've got bills to pay. Well, and that's where I feel like it's like for now that I'm aware of stuff with like the bands on manor, it'll be like, I'll, I'll, show it to them and if you know there wasn't that like uh we had an artist pay for their entire recording session with an arts grant from charlotte street last year and it was just awesome. because they're very atten- they were very attentive and you know it's yep. like uh a lot of bands also sometimes don't want to have that relationship to their music in a way where it's like and that's where i i kind of come in you mm-hmm. know it's like some people are just like i just want to make the music mm-hmm. and i'm like okay that's fine right so, you know um but I think, you know, and you guys do a good job with this too, of like putting on events that incorporate the, the two or like bring in those organizations mm-hmm. to a show, you know, that's like, uh, or like they did with inviting, you know, having black creatures play, having yeah. some local bands at their events even yeah. helps just those people that, that are artists there. The KCAI scene and all those people, there's just such a huge, beautiful scene of artists here. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we could try to get people to stay too, yeah. You know, make it work, you know, because I feel like, I don't know if I'm over speaking with KCAI, but I feel like a lot of them go get jobs elsewhere. Yeah, I don't know, you know, I don't know how that turns out. Maybe that's why that is, 
I, I don't. I should shut up because I don't know enough about the arts world. Now that I'm yeah, saying we don't, that, we don't have a deep relationship. I mean, I know some former graduates and things like that. I yeah. don't know exactly what their mission is, other than to develop artists and yeah. their disciplines. Exactly. You know, I don't know. Part of it is to keep them here in Kansas City or find ways to build on whatever whatever their discipline is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, Kemper, and we're partnering with them with the Black Creatures or help. I mean, I can't even say that. I mean, we we just kind of <laughs> we just kind of Whoops. stumbled into a few things, but I will say it's also been redacted. Me looking like what are exactly. the opportunities out there, and yeah. having the time to do that. Yes. Whereas artists don't have time, or label owners don't have time. Many of them have other jobs. No, and that's how I feel. I feel really bad for my artists right now because I am having to focus on getting literally a store open. Yeah. Right now, I think like, they understand that. I don't think they're you know. <laughs> I don't think they like clearly are on board with what you're doing and uh you know they're not going to be too mad at you that you're putting a lot of focus on making that happen fair thank you what, what do you think <laughs> maybe i'll just lead you this way what do you think artists specifically can do better to help build the industry because i think a lot of times we talk about this like well venues need to do this or the city needs to mm. do this or record labels need to do this I'm like well, what what about the artists and yeah you can speak from that from either angle I think, well, and this might be a little too, like, philosophical with it, but, like, um, I've, been, I've been doing a lot of, like, it, be it just, like, treat it as, like, an offering of your, of your own that mm-hmm. you want to take to the marketplace and don't have that offering on the marketplace unless you are ready to do so 100% and mm-hmm. you feel good about it and it feels good unless, unless it feels good, don't do it. Anyway yeah. Too. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've seen a lot of musicians as I'm learning how to like manage campaigns and stuff like that of releases. Like some can get burnt out after six weeks of having to post on Instagram every day, and it's just like, yep, I get that so much. And it's just being able to like manage that part a little bit better is something that I want to kind of help. And I think actually Michelle does a good job with like a lot of the mental awareness stuff right now that she's been yeah, pushing. It's super sure. helpful because that's a thing, and maybe it's like. Um, Going into that, knowing that that's going to be a thing, though, and having that conversation beforehand with right. either your band or if you have a label person to talk to, like you just need to kind of get that out in the world and kind of talk it out, I think. And For that'll sure. help you get the whole process, feel better about it. And just know that it's, it is going to be work. Yeah. You know, and it's not going to be the easiest thing in the world putting out your album or something. Yeah. But. People think it's all fun and games, but it can be incredibly stressful. Yeah. Like I've probably had like two like pretty significant like, not breakdowns, but I mean, just emotionally like gone like twice in like five years, you know? So yeah. like it, it's definitely a thing that can happen in this business that just isn't talked about enough, really. Yeah. I mean, it happens in every business. Like we're seeing it come to the forefront in like sports and kind of everything. Like people are being more open to talking about it. So I'm really glad that Michelle's doing that work to make it more visible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think Sean's suggesting, though, it's it's not a preemptive strike, but, you know, if yeah. the artist makes that decision that they do, you know, want a label specifically to get behind them, yeah. you've got to know that you've got to promote these things, mm. whether yeah. it's the social media piece, which is not fun for anybody necessarily, no, when it, it becomes work, yes, which is promote your right. shows, which is get out and sell those records, which is, you know, do the podcast interview to Talk promote to it. Talk to people. Because... 
it's not, don't, it's don't not, just play the show and not talk to anyone. Yeah, like, it's, talk not, to people. it's not going to be heard. Your creation is not going to be spread without your full involvement. And it's yeah. it's working. Maybe you decide, I don't want to do that. Thanks, yes. thanks for having the conversation with me. Now that you've laid it out like that. Well, and you know what, what blows me away is now now that I think about it, for instance, we had an artist doesn't have any social media at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. She's, she's on her own page right now. She shows up in town. She's like, hey, I'm releasing an EP in two days. And I was like, dope. Awesome. I'll try to send it to anybody I can in that time frame. But that's that's something I'm super okay with, and I would hate to tell them that I can't, that they can't, if it is time for them to get that off of their chest too. So it is like a balancing act for the label too. Yeah. Because it's like, uh, and I, if I was trying to profit off of the the deal that we have, it makes it where I have to be a little less. Uh, empathetic in that situation because it's a business. You know right. what I mean? And that's you, what you would, you that's would, where we're coming from. Right. I know. And I, if, I, if, I, if, it's if like, it was different, you'd be like, well, you can't release it in two weeks because there's no time to lead up promotion. Like, yes. we have and like to the label yeah. me wanted to scream at her saying that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, okay, well, and this is where, you know, I'll have a talk with it with all, and maybe this is actually not good for me to say all this on air, but like, uh, that. There, if if she wanted to put stuff behind it, we would make a plan. You know what yeah. I mean? That's the other part of that too. Where it's, it's like, uh, that's where it's just like, some of the artists they just like to do it that way. And I'm just like, they, that's not the only time that's happened either. So that's like, uh, and it's it's a little surprising on my end, but it's like, gotta go with the flow. <laughs> that's it. We, but it's digital. It's helpful too. So that was that was the only reason I was like, obviously you can't do a cassette that quick. But that's it. So, yeah. Uh, she was like, it's happening if you want to promote it or not. And I was like, great, I will promote it because your music is amazing for the record too. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough conversation that I'll never understand because I don't create art. Yes. And I can't imagine what it's like to have this thing inside of you and feel like it's come to its fruition. It's right. done honing it or whatever. And you're ready to release that baby into the world. It's hard. And you don't care about the promotion part. You know, yeah. it, 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 I, I have to do this. It's an yeah. artistic, not even a statement, but, but our point is well, we want to make money. Right. So we and should. Then it's, and on the other side of that, it's also like, I get that you want to get it out and release this thing, but what, who are you releasing it to? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. if who's if, buying that, right. Like give it no, the yeah. respect it deserves too. That's kind of Correct. what I meant about the offering yeah. thing. It's like, it's like treat it as like something you really like love and you like want to, give it all the love you can you know what i mean yeah. so it's like but and I, it's like it's funny when it is because a lot of that like the reason you would want to make money off it too is that you can like also invest in press for the next releases it's to help the artist too Preaching you know what I, mean? so I know where you're coming or from or help that. fund your next your next record your next thing that the, you're the funniest one tour. is when they're like okay i got it done let's put it out on vinyl and i'm like okay it's so expensive <laughs> well and it's like all right, yeah, that album's going to come out in like a year or plus at this point. And yep. they're all like, oh, they I just guess don't, I'll just do a cassette. They don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't realize like what it actually means. There's also, yes. Yeah, there's also like even there's we a, a local band that is doing very well for themselves right now and uh, opening for a lot of major artists. They booked their local show two weeks before the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you guys should have put 300 to 400 people in this room, but you you waited too long yeah and you have to understand that things are booked six to six months to a year out and you have to make plans accordingly and don't think that in two weeks you'll just sell out a room or you know do a hundred plus people because that's not really 
how it works. It's like, you know, you have to, these are learning opportunities. Like you make the mistake once and now you know, oh, I need to do this differently next time. You have so many other people's lives involved when a show comes to it too. You know what I mean? That's a a whole lot of shit going on. And I don't think we're throwing, meaning to throw artists on the bus. Um, And I think that it's helpful for us to put ourselves in their shoes and understand you've got this baby. On the other hand, have a little empathy on our yes, end. Yes, we want to help you. Whether it's yes. you're promoting a show because you're working in a venue or you're putting a release out. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think, I think we're they all... They know we're coming from a good place with it. Yes. You okay. know what I mean? That's a, yep. It's like a family member in that. That's why I keep always calling it the Manor Fam, too, is because it is like, it, I like love them, and sometimes I want to like be like, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Sean. And you know what I mean? Yes. It's funny. We need to go get some drinks now, guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm really... <laughs> Sean Crowley, this is great. I'm really pleased that we can make this happen, kind of on a short notice too. So I appreciate it. It's been a long time coming. Let's um, let the listeners know if they've hung on. We hour and a half, Chris. We are closer. We are we really it. trying to get back to our hour good. format. Pretty close. Um, how can they best find out about what you're trying to do specifically with the new building and the nonprofit? Um, Manorecords.com. Yeah, I think you can stay pretty up to date on things, uh, most things on our website at Manorecords.com. But the most updated for us is always going to be our Instagram. Um, I am okay. trying to post more on Facebook. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> you're right. Uh, but uh, that's that's where I also deal with some just like social media issues where I'm like, meh. Uh, but one day I'll have somebody do my social. I was media just going to ask you who, who manages your website. It looks freaking sharp. Yeah. yeah. So you've got that, and trust me, I'm doing the same thing. Oh, it's Ours a lot. just doesn't look sharp. All the social media well, is that on your plate? Yes. Uh, also, I can thank Jared from Mama's Boy because he like pre-built that website as a gift to me for oh, Christmas one year. So it's, it's awesome. like I just update it. You it's know awesome. What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's Plug stuff in. Yes. It takes time. Oh, and it's talk about learning. Pro tip. Just set your Instagram to automatically post to Facebook, so you only have to post to Instagram, and it is. You know when that doesn't work anymore is when you delete your personal mm. uh, yep. self. Yeah, and it won't link to you anymore. Yes, it's, it's very confused of who I am. Yep. It. I haven't. Fi- I need to research. Well, there's two things I need to research from what we were talking about today, and that's one of them. So yeah. <laughs> I still uh, post them separately. Someone has said that algorithms are better, but. You know, you we're can. not we're not getting five billion followers in either side. No. Well, and this might make me delete the app completely now because you can now get on Instagram on your desktop and even upload photos now. That yeah, just changed that. like this that. week. Seriously. So there's desktop versions for Instagram finally oh, and that sounds so much easier than getting on my phone and trying Phones. to do an Instagram thing. I hate that. Yeah. So, uh yes. <laughs> well, again, congrats Thank you. on the big move. Best wishes. I'm already dreaming about all sorts of different collaborations and events that we can right. do over there to partner together. Um, Possibilities excited, are endless. Yeah, excited to see where you go this winter. Chris, congrats to you as well. First yes. of all, being engaged. Thank you. The, the engagement story needs to be told at some point. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's phenomenal. And it was great to see you two out in a live safe space at the Truman last week. Hope we can do that again. Mm-hmm. Keep rocking with the party invite and, you know, guess you're now a partner. Uh, that's a pretty big move. I mean, yeah. that's, wow. I didn't, know, I didn't know it was uh, happening that soon, but. Okay. Yeah. Well. I'll take it. <laughs> that's it for today, fellas. Kansas City, stay safe, stay strong. Peace out.